Welcome to the GoBundance Podcast, the audio channel for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. You know, the problem with most successful guys is they are awesome, yet at the same time, they suck. <laughs> They're too one-dimensional. Like, they have big, fat money, but also a big, fat gut. <laughs> or the opposite. They may look good as hell naked, but if you look in their savings account, they're as broke as a $3 watch. Some may have both muscle strength and financial strength, but they've been divorced five times and their kids don't even speak to them. Some have huge smiley family portraits in their foyer, but not a single friend that's honest and objective with them. Some may be gregarious as hell, surrounded by people and hugs galore, but their charitable giving is shameful. Come on, man. Really? That's all you gave back? I think you get my point by now. At GoBundance, we know we're not perfect, but our goal is to be better. Better multidimensionally in six simple categories. We call these our pillars. Number one, horizontal income. Number two, age-defying health. Number three, bucket list adventures. Number four, genuine contribution. Number five, authentic relationships. And number six, extreme accountability. So speaking of number six, let's dig into this week's interview with a GoBro. And you can tell me. Is he walking the talk or is he a false prophet? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the GoBundance podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. And this week we're welcoming in GoBundance brother, entrepreneur, real estate investor, Nick Stagelberg. Nick, welcome. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Great having you, man. Great having you. We uh, were able to see each other in Atlanta. I think we met briefly in Tahoe as well. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear more about you and let's start there. So why don't you give us the story of you kind of, you know, back from where you're, you're from and take us all the way up through now. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. I absolutely love that question. You know, story is how we make sense of the world. And, and uh, I love the idea that we can write our own story, right? We are the, we are the authors of our, our, our destiny and our past. So uh, I guess I'll talk about my uh, my personal life. Uh, sure. When uh, when I uh, graduated college, I, I talked to a bunch of my uh, college professors who uh, I really respected and, and asked them what was their life worth doing. I had a, a bachelor's degree in computer science and a bachelor's degree in ministry. I wasn't really sure. I don't know. I, I wasn't really sure where I was going to go with my life. And they all unanimously said, find an amazing uh, partner and start a family which just shocked me. These are uh, uh, doctors and attorneys. And uh, one of them was like a Rhodes Scholar and a PhD in philosophy. And you'd think that they would have all these different ideas. And 100% and of them said, find an amazing partner and start a family. I'm like, well, I wasn't really on my radar, but I guess I'll, I'll give that a shot. And um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I believe in like uh, sales funnels, sales pipelines and everything. So uh, so I, I set myself upon the task and uh, my quota was to go on a date with a different woman each weekend and got my marketing pieces out there on all the dating portals and everything and really nailed down what was the optimal marketing strategy. And uh, it was pretty terrible. I did that for about three years and uh, I called it the, the catch and release program. I uh, would try to just like meet for coffee, like something really short and like, okay, is this going to go somewhere? Nope. Okay. That's good. Moving on. Yeah. You know. And, uh, like I take this very seriously. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, critically important spiritual exercise, but also like, how can I maximize my exposure to get the best possible mate in the whole world? I just and, like catch uh, and release that that's, that's like the, the <laughs> ultimate in, uh, in what was that? What's that called? The safety call. Like call me five minutes after I get there. Like you just had it, you had it systematized. You relied that's on right. nobody, but you. So yeah, that's great. That's right. And then after three years of that, which was really discouraging, I met my, uh, met my wife, our first date was 13 hours long which was uh, not, uh, you know, not the norm. It was usually a pretty, pretty brief date. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, on our 30 day anniversary, I gave her a ring and gave her a, gave her a wedding ring uh, nine months later. And then we got married uh, 11, 11 months after we met. And uh, we've got uh, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old now. And that's certainly, I'd say that's the most important thing about me, I would say, is kind of that that kind of that kind of piece of the puzzle, I feel like I just kind of well, I didn't win the lottery. I mean, I certainly I certainly put in the work and just found an absolutely amazing woman um, to uh, to make my partner for life. Well, and, and how long have you been married now? Uh, over a decade, like uh, 11, 10, 1. Okay, so uh, almost exactly ten years now. Nice, nice. Yeah, Congratulations, nine, nine and a half years. We'll yeah, dive thanks. more into that, but continue. I'd I'd love to hear more of uh, more about you. 
Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Go Bros were, you know, very uh, financially uh, oriented people in a lot of ways. So, yeah. you know, financially, you know, leveraging that, you know, computer science background, I got into the ground floor of a software development startup. And over the course of nine years, we went from uh, 13 million venture capital to 100 million private equity sale. And, uh, and then uh, six months before uh, the sale, they uh, terminated me and seized my stock options. And uh, that was a pretty interesting, uh, interesting experience. And uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I think my path is guided. And I, I thought that was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. And, and in retrospect, I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me. There's no way I'd have everything that I have today if I was still kind of locked into that really, uh, you know, the, the, the tech startup ecosystem is very toxic. It's very much a pressure cooker kind of environment. There's no such thing as balance. And uh, I'm kind of glad it happens. I, uh, I grew up in, in Rochester, Minnesota. And I moved to the other side of the country and planned to never come back. And then the, uh, the woman I met happened to become a doctor who happened to match to the Mayo Clinic for her residency. And literally like the only thing in the whole universe that could bring me back here by pure coincidence brought me back here. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this software startup experience in Rochester, Minnesota? Uh, I was, I mean, I was like depressed, you know, thought my life was over. My, my professional life was over. You know, your, your skills get dull very quickly in tech. And you get old very quickly. And I'm like, am I going to be, you know, flying out to, you know, Silicon Valley or something like that? And yeah, it was, it was, it was really discouraging. I applied for one job uh, at, uh, at the Mayo Clinic and uh, uh, they interviewed me and they said, yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to do this uh, intrapreneurship thing. You know how Amazon and Facebook, they sponsor startups underneath their umbrella. Uh, to innovate because they're so big they can't innovate anymore. Well, we want to do that here. We want to have a software development consultancy uh, that competes with outside consultancies for all these contracts. We're spending you know hundreds of millions of dollars a year on software dev contracts, and um, and then we lose the money. But then critically, we also lose the knowledge. We're literally giving away all of our trade secrets and stuff to write software for our departments and stuff. We want to keep this in house. So uh, again, you know, got uh, to, to work with an incredible bunch of people and, and kind of uh, helped lead that, uh, that organization to success. And over the course of uh, three years, uh, we eventually had, I, I personally had 13 teams of engineers I was leading and we were doing about uh, a third of all new development for the enterprise. So that probably would have been another nine figure exit if, uh, if that was like a private company. Uh, and that time it only took three years instead of nine. And uh, no, no stock options in that kind of situation. No, uh, you know, no, um, you know, big payday at the end of the rainbow, but gosh, it was just an opportunity to serve. You know, we were all there for the same reason. And uh, I got to work on software that uh, literally saved lives. Like uh, my wife's friend was diagnosed, her, her baby in utero was diagnosed with this zebra heart condition that no other institution even knows exists. And the only way they could find it is with our software. We had to like write custom software, talk to the echocardiogram machines to diagnose these, you know, esoteric conditions that no one even, you know, it knows exists in other places. And uh, just, just incredible opportunity to give absolutely amazing service. Every day you got to see lives that were impacted and um, it's kind of crazy, but we actually have it in our trust that uh, whatever money is left over, uh, like for our kids and stuff goes to, goes to that institution. Cause I think they'll probably, they'll probably put it to good use. Uh, so it's just an incredible opportunity to serve. Wow. Okay, so and, let's uh, let's pause for a second because yeah. there is so much. Like we still have to get to Black Swan. We got a lot of things. Yeah, to we haven't gotten to. there yet. So let's let's pause for a yeah. second. I apologize. If there's more to that, but we'll 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 unpack it. Then let's go back to the boy. Where do I want to start? Let's start, let's start with the uh, the nine figure exit. Uh, yeah. of, of, so can you give us a sense of that for those of us who have never exited at nine figures? What does that look like for somebody who does? Like, just give us the insight. So you're sitting at home and what you get a check in the mail for. X amount of dollars. Like, can you give us some sense of that? No, I, I got, uh, no, I got, uh, I got terminated. That so was, not, that was I, in conjunction with, oh, so there was that's zero, right, right, right before the sale. Yeah. They sent me on a free vacation. And, uh, and then when I came back, they, they fired me the day after I got back. You're kidding. As I was packing up the moving truck to move to Rochester. Yeah. Literally as I was packing up the moving truck, they're like, oh yeah, go. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, you're, wow. you're safe. You've built this company. And then, um, and then the, the relocation was kind of the, uh, the uh, you know, grounds for, for termination. And, um, and we made it very easy to terminate uh, people as well. So inception date of 2006, mm -hmm. worst time to start a financial services uh, software company since the Great Depression. And uh, so the first five years, we really struggled. And, you know, five years in, we'd burned through, I think, like 8 million in venture capital had nothing to show for it. Uh, I mean, I think we had a lot of good starts, a lot of good things that had a huge amount of potential. But... <laughs> 
(laughs) essentially nothing. And we couldn't just keep going back to our investors for additional capital without putting extra skin in the game. So everyone from you know my level all the way up to the CEO level surrendered all their all their ownership in the company and went into a pool. So a quarter of the company was owned by an LLC whose uh, ownership stake was to be distributed at time of sale by the company. And this allowed us to essentially fire some of the leaders and stuff that um, we needed to fire at that at that time in the company and completely reorganize the company and refocus our efforts. And uh, it took us a couple of years to kind of find our footing. And then um, and then we, uh, we, we landed a, uh, essentially a contract for the largest you know, bank in the country to be their executive, their, their exclusive you know, vendor or whatever. And then things just really blew up. Uh, after that, but a long journey along the way, and uh, and so the, it was structured halfway through so that it was totally possible to do that. I, um, I was not the only person who was necessarily in that boat. <laughs> so, but I mean, was that it? Like, I, I'm just uh, my apologies. I, I for some reason in my mind, you exited but stayed on with some restricted stock or something like that, and then they no. fired you later. So I thought you had kind of your cake and we're going to be able to eat it too. But so you were you were let go just before. I mean, did you? Was it just, I mean, I don't know, did you consult anybody or was it just like, hey, is what it is, move on with life? I'm kind of curious what your action or reaction was in that time. Yeah, you know, this is pretty raw, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess I always thought like PTSD was, a, was like a, 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 a contrived thing or something like that. Right, and right. Uh, I, uh, after that happened, I relived that day that I was terminated like over and over and over again for like six months, you know, like just continuous nightmares and uh, I was like pretty discouraged and everything. And it's only once we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Right. And it was so uh, myopic of me to think that I was defined by my job. You know, we ask each other in common company, Hey, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm Nick. I'm, I'm a, I'm a tech startup guy. And uh, you know, I very sincerely believe that uh, you know, I lost very little that day. And uh, I went to a, uh, so I, I went to a Tony Robbins event many years later and, uh, and Tony, you know, goes through this exercise, gets he jacked up and he says, uh, I'm not saying it is, but what if, uh, what if the worst day of your life, what if the worst thing that's ever happened to you was actually the best thing? What if it was a gift from God? Not saying it is, not saying it is, but, but what if it was, mm. how would you feel about that? Do you like that feeling better? How would that change your story? How would that change everything if the worst thing that's ever happened to you was actually the best thing? Not saying it is, but but what if it was? What if you decided that was the best thing that ever happened to you? What if you made that choice? Because only we can choose what anything means. And I I made the decision that moment. And um, and that's very like it sounds like a game or something. It sounds like a trick, but it was very sincere. And I and I sincerely believe that that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Today. I I had an opportunity to decide who I was. And most people never get that chance. Most people, they slug along in some career, kind of drifting job from job to job, trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to, I don't know what. And uh, yeah, yeah, Jamie, that's, that's you right there. Yeah. And, um, and I would introduce myself for, you know, 10 years of my life as uh, yeah, I, I am a, I'm a successful unicorn tech startup guy, right? That's like the vision. Everyone wants to be Mark Zuckerberg. Like I was that little mini Mark Zuckerberg and I was so proud about that. And that was, that was, that was all of me. And it's only by that, that core of my identity being wrenched away that I got the opportunity to really decide who I fucking was. Mm. And that's the person I am today and the person I'm making today every day. And most people, they do not get the gift of having something like that happen to them. And I'm so glad that it did. Uh, that's, I love that. And that's, that's so powerful. And, and I'm, I'm, I think many of us in different ways have been there, maybe not to the financial level that you just went through. I mean, that's just intense and insane, but I, I want to stay there for a minute because I'm curious, you've said for about six months, sleepless nights. And I, you know, in my own life, I've had, we all have those, those, experiences, those kind of moments, like you said, post-traumatic stress, whatever it is that something happens and you kind of live with it for a while. What was a turning point for you? Like Tony Robbins, you said was years later, but for six months you were sleepless nights. Maybe, maybe it was just numbness until you got to Tony. I don't know, but was there an event, a moment, something you did? I'm just curious, like what started to change or what did change for you to to come out of that or start? There was a three year, three year gap between 
So I was actually only unemployed for like two weeks. That's the completely insane thing. Like, like my path is so guided. Like I was so driven after greed, like that, that sale, that big paycheck, whatever, that was what was just driving me. And then to literally go from doing that to doing the exact same thing with no pot of gold at the end of the ring, just doing it for the love of the game and for the opportunity to serve. That's exactly what my need, my, my soul needed at that moment. It was just waiting for me. There's like one job. I'm in the interview. They're like, we've been trying to fill this job for a year, but how the heck are we going to find like this grizzled tech startup guy in Rochester, Minnesota? Uh, like, like, we're never going to find this guy. And then you just drop into our lap. And, uh, and during that three-year period, I had a huge chip on my shoulder, which is really what drives most people. That's the sad fact. And I'm sure it's, it's true for many GoBros as well. Yeah. We all have something to prove, something to prove to our father who never loved us or our teacher who embarrassed us or our partner who doesn't respect us or it's a it's it's a negative of oh i'm gonna prove it i'm gonna prove my worth to them and i started needing to prove my worth to myself but it was still a really negative kind of energy and it was only only after three years of that that i really i really i think saw the beauty of the situation for what it was and my whole my whole life changed it's it's true that that only we get to decide what anything means. There's nothing good or bad in the universe. It's, it's just what we make of it. During that time, though, I, you know, so I had this opportunity to serve. And um, I did some research when I was at the first startup on how to not end up like one of those idiots who wins the lottery and they're bankrupt a year later. Right. And all of my research indicated that you should invest in real estate. Like I read, you know, Warren Buffett and all the, all the great investors, you know, and, uh, and, and all the research I did said, you should, you should invest in real estate. And I was also thinking, okay, I'm going to have like a seven figure tax event here. And I need to be prepared to, to offset that, that tax. There's going to be like more tax in that day than like my whole life combined to that date. So how can I do that? And again, real estate just, just, it, it was the number one kind of thing to do. So, uh, being a person who does like agile development in, in software, I did like agile development in my you know investment portfolio or whatever. So I did a proof of concept. I bought a house for $35,000 in Rochester or in, uh, in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma, where I lived. And, uh, yeah, it looked about like a house looks when you buy a house for $35,000. We did a whole renovation on it, all new, you know, roof, mechanicals, flooring. And we, I mean, we put in some serious way. My, my wife was miscarrying our first child as she was helping me lay ceramic tile through the whole house. And, um, you know, I'm like, don't, don't you want to take a break or something? And she's like, no, you know, this, this baby's gone, but uh, I'm going to do something, you know, here that, that gives this, this lost meaning. And, and we still have that house to this day. We probably shouldn't. It's our only class D property but uh, it's got a lot of sentimental value. And uh, when I got, uh, when I got fired from that first startup, it was a, it was a poke in the eye. It was, uh, it was that dream that never came to be reality. You know, I mean, no one wants to just own one class D property. It was a great, it's a great test. And, and, and it was, it was very successful, but the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow never came. I never got to go buy the $5 million commercial building or whatever it was I was going to buy after doing that proof of concept. But after some time, I realized it was actually like the most successful thing I had ever done in my whole career. I mean, we got a full cash out refi on it. So we had no cash. And in fact, we got extra cash when we were done because we created so much value with all that sweat equity. It cash flowed like crazy as most class D properties do. Uh, you know, the loans paying down, it wiped out all of our taxes. We were just under the limits in terms of like income or whatever for that uh, after all the adjustments. And, uh, and I, I came to realize that this was actually like the most successful thing I'd ever done. And, um, you know, stumbled onto like bigger pockets and that whole kind of thought ecosystem and stuff. And I'm like, okay, if I do the math, I really only need X number of these doors to be financially free to not have to work anymore. And that was what I was really focused on. So had the opportunity to kind of serve with my day job. And that was just such a, such a privilege, but I knew that was not my career. That was not my, like I my identity as a tech entrepreneur was deceased and would never come back for the rest of my life. And uh, now I was a, I don't know what, one, one of these financial freedom guys who doesn't want to work and wants to just be able to spend time with their family and be relieved of the obligation of earning income. And so I was, uh, this is a great pro tip. So I call it, uh, I call it reverse telecommuting, uh, which I guess COVID has maybe changed the game, but uh, I would, uh, I, I figured out very quickly that, my services were really valued uh, by my employer, but they mostly wanted my ideas and they only wanted a certain number of them. And I was, I, I, could, I was only allowed to create one disaster per month with my boss. I go piss off some manager in some other department or something like that because they'd pay me to go around 
telling other departments everything they're doing wrong. And I had to be, <laughs> I had to be careful about that. And so I figured out that the, the fewer hours I worked, the, the better my uh, like performance reviews were because I was such a disruptor. And so I, I, I just kind of came to terms with that. And I said, okay, so how can I bring the maximum value to my employer, but also maximize my own value? And so what I would do is uh, if there was a meeting in person, I would dial into it and I'd go out driving around doing my real estate job. And then if there was a, uh, a like a dial-in meeting or something like that, I would dial in from my desk and get my desk work done at that, like my real estate desk work done at that time. So I was able to kind of work a full-time job, you know, two, two full-time jobs at the same time, building our real estate portfolio, uh, got my real estate license, that sort of thing, while also doing my, my day jobs. That's a great pro tip out there to go bros who are eyeing a W-2 exit. Uh, I did a whole W-2 exit microtribe interview that a lot of people really loved, uh, I guess. So so check that out. People really liked that one. I've got a lot of other pro tips for your uh, for your W-2 exit strategy. And, and so during that time, I built a real estate portfolio that was big enough to provide, you know, 80,000 a year in passive income or something like that and over the course of three years. And at that time, uh, stepped back from from tech and uh, just said, okay, I'm, I'm retired now. Not quite sure what I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm retired now. And again, I think my path is guided. It's a uh, is a pure coincidence that my wife got a ticket to uh, to a Tony Robbins event, a free ticket to a Tony Robbins event, and what, you know we'd never heard of this guy before. It seemed like some kind of snake oil salesman or cult or I don't know what. And it just happened to be the day after I quit my job, so I literally like got on a plane after you know my last hour of work or whatever. Immediately flew to Dallas with my wife and we went to a to a Tony Robbins event. And, uh, and he has a way of getting you jacked up and uh, setting big goals and everything. So I think my retirement lasted about six hours. And, uh, and then this, uh, this real estate startup thing that we're doing now was born. And um, uh, so that's why, what we're doing. That's what why we're doing Black now. Swan? Why is it called Black Swan? I'm curious. All right, so are you familiar with uh, like uh, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss? Sure. Yeah, that's what yeah, I take to mind, to be honest. Yeah, in any, in any negotiation, there's these underlying motivations that kind of drive everything. Mm-hmm. And when you dig deep, and you find out what it is that other people need, like everything else, it, nothing else matters. And it's, it's impossible to predict them. It's the you know, black swan historical theory from Nassim Taleb kind of applied to negotiations. And that just really spoke to me. I was like, this is how, this is how I get deals done. This is how I live every aspect of my life. If you can really connect with people, if you can really understand their needs, you can, uh, you can do anything. I was a very, very successful person in technology uh, because I, so I, I had a computer science degree. I also had that ministry degree. Mm. So like we'd hire these six figure Silicon Valley consultants to come in and they're all jerks with giant egos and they'd tell us all the things we're doing wrong and, uh, and no, nothing would change. Right. We would just shell out six figures in consulting fees and there'd be zero improvement. And I would sit down with an engineer and just say, Hey man, uh, looks like you're using, you know, 10 lines of code here to do things that I think would only take two lines of code. Like, wh- why'd you do that? You know, I'm not telling you did it wrong. Maybe there's some features here that I'm unaware of. And, okay, well, what do you think about this? Could we do this? Okay, how about this? Hey, what else could you show me? And six hours later of just like pure flow, we've completely changed the game. You know, you do it, you do it one engineer at a time, one person at a time. You can't just go like change everyone's code base. You have to do it one, one relationship at a time. It's a people game. And that's the same thing with real estate. You just, you just dig deep and find people's black swans, the things that really drive them, the things that ignite them, the things that they fear and meet their needs like 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 most people in a real estate transaction or in a software engineering team like they do weird things to meet their needs because their needs are not being met they fabricate problems or create impasses or uh, run off and do things on their own uh, knowing that it's not the right thing to do just because their needs aren't being met so all, all you need to do is just 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 connect with people, just meet their needs and everything else melts away. All the resistance. It's just, it's just flow. Have you thought about coaching? Uh, so I do uh, receive some coaching. I, you know, my, my wife and I, my, my wife really leads this whole personal development part of our life. I always, I read like some self-help books and stuff, but I was very, I don't know what, I thought it was pretty woo woo and I don't know what. Um, so we, we do a ton of coaching now and I credit that with a huge portion of our success. We spend, you know, six figures a year on coaching now and, uh, and it's the best money we've ever spent. I mean, uh, have you considered being a coach? I mean, you've got, yeah, we coach other insights. people as well. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you do? We do, yeah, we do one-on-one coaching and group coaching. Uh, we do we have like a live community hour with our, our real estate investor community, uh, every, uh, uh, every month you go to single family at skill.com, sign up for our mailing list and stuff. And we can, uh, you know, we just, we just try to 
overwhelm people with an abundance of value and just kind of bring to them the same stuff that changed our life. And then, um, you know, like we've raised, you know, like eight figures of capital and we don't usually have to work very hard at it. Uh, we just kind of connect with people and meet their needs and lead with value. And, uh, and people just come back to us and say, okay, what, what do I need to do such that you take my money? You know, what, how, how can I get into business with you? What's up, everybody? This is Pat Hyben and Tim Rode, uh, founders of GoBundance, and we wanted to give you a quick sneak peek of our August event coming up in Steamboat, Colorado. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback that you'd love to see us kind of go back to the old ways, want to see us do the one sheets, want to see Go Talks, more connecting at the event. So we're committed this year, and we promise, number one, all four elders are going to be there. Number two, it's going to be 50% on stage, 50% off stage, which means, you know, 50% of the time at least is going to be spent interacting with all the other members. And some of the cool things that we got going for you on stage is, of course, as usual, we're going to do the bull versus bear. And we really, really put our heads together and said, what is something that's debatable? And that one thing is retail. So we are going to bull versus bear on the asset class retail real estate is that going to bomb or should you be buying into that that's number one we're going to be doing the ever popular 728 program with aaron west daniel del real we're going to have david osborne leading three businesses through the gauntlet. the gauntlet and if you haven't seen the last gauntlet the gauntlet is basically it's a shark tank david's going to run the shark tank he's going to be like the three shark tank judges all in one Actually, what he's going to be is he's going to be like the the, lead, the interactive guy, and then the audience is going to be like the judges. So the three Shark Tank people will come and present at the gauntlet, then they'll go into a soundproof booth, and everybody will rip them to shreds in the audience. So it'll be really, really cool and very engaging as to um, how people pick apart investment. And, of course, they're real investments, so afterwards, if you want to throw some money down on it, you can too. And then during the day, of course, we'll be getting the goods in the woods. We have all sorts of fun things lined up for you. Plenty of options to play hard, to uh, play light. However you play, there will be a way for you to get it. Yep, and something we're going to do that's, that we haven't done before, we're going to have a very organized golf tournament going to be a GoPod golf tournament or if your GoPod is not there then you can just pick a random foursome. We're also going to have an ultimate frisbee GoPod challenge. So in your GoPod you're going to go against other GoPods in a game of ultimate frisbee and we're going to bracket it and we're going to have a huge prize at the end for the winner. So here's the deal. Sign up. Come to Steamboat in August. Here's all the information on the screen. We look forward to seeing you there. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Uh, the craziest thing is... Uh, we, we do like these things, like these real estate education things, and the number one request uh, that we get is... Um, how can, so I work with my wife full-time. My, my wife's a physician, but she actually works in the real estate business full-time. So we're together like 23 hours a day and she's, you know, my, my full partner in the real estate business. I credit her with, you know, all this mindset work and everything. And, uh, and we've got a pretty good relationship, I, I would say. I'd say that's, you know, probably like my highest, you know, pillar or whatever. And, uh, and so we'll go do like real estate coaching with people and they're like, okay, but can we do, how do we get what you and Elaine have? How do we have whatever that that energy is that uh, I don't know. And, and and we find a lot of real estate investors specifically, they are like so into it and their partner is a completely different track. All they see is risk and uh, opportunity for loss and a lot of work. And like, you know, the immediate payoff isn't so great. The, the real magic of real estate is to buy real estate and wait. And then 10 years from now, you're really glad you did. But year one, year two are lean years. And and uh, and there's just so much resistance there with their partner that it, it saps all the joy from it. So we actually do a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and my wife's actually a psychiatrist as well. So we do a lot of uh, a lot of uh, therapy, we'll call it. And uh, again, really just goes back to meeting people's needs. There's 
there's like real estate investing, which is what we tend to coach is not complicated stuff. It's, it's like the simplest trade in the history of humans. And, uh, what holds you back is almost always, uh, you know, a mindset thing or a relationship thing, or it's, it's, it's probably not what you say it is. You, you probably have some limiting beliefs that you aren't aware of, or you just have some excuses. So it's, uh, you know, that's, that's what we end up, we, we do coaching with other people and that's what it frequently ends up, uh, ends up talking about. Interesting. Well, one more time, www.singlefamily. I, I didn't catch the URL. Yeah, go to singlefamilyatscale.com. Can you so spell we, that uh, out real quick? Yeah. Uh, Families. Uh, yeah, singlefamilyatscale.com, S-I-N-G-L-E-F-A-M-I-L-Y-A-T-S-C-A-L-E.com. So we have like a 10, 15-hour course that we just give away for free. We give away like our whole operations manual, and we do a bunch of multifamily. We've got two $10 million apartment complexes under contract right right this second. Nice. Uh, we've got a $30 million ground-up construction project we're doing right now. Um, but the thing that seems to get the most traction. I'm not sure why is the single family stuff. Maybe it's just more tangible, more relatable. And, uh, and people just love it, just absolutely love it. And, uh, and, and anyone can just go buy a single family home in their own backyard. So we, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are like, get your mindset right and go buy a house. And, and it's, it's a little bit raw, raw. And we are just like brass tacks. Like here is the exact light fixture and light bulb that we install in every single one of our remodels. Here's the exact piece of flooring. Here's the model number. Here's, uh, here's everything you need to know about drain tile systems. If you're in a climate that has water intrusion and basic, like what's brutally detailed. Here's the difference between a commercial loan and a conventional loan, a portfolio loan and a line of credit. And here's the seven different ways that you might you know, need to use this instrument or that instrument. Um, so we're just crazy detailed about it and people love it. And, uh, and uh, so we do some, some coaching with that. And, uh, you know, ultimately the way we do business is really different in, uh, we, we do residential real estate, long-term residential real estate, single family, multifamily. And we believe that the tenant, the relationship with the tenant is really the core asset in that business. The, the property is just a, a prop that attracts that we call it the resident. Uh, unfortunately, tenant is a pejorative as crazy as that seems. And so is landlord for that matter. That's true. And so we create super high quality experiences for our residents that they love and they tell all their friends about it and they never leave. And uh, this is going to sound crazy, but treating tenants with dignity and respect is actually a fabulously profitable pro uh, business model. Um, it doesn't seem like it. I know. Yeah. But uh, like we've, uh, you know, we've got like 50 million assets under management and we've never had an eviction. Now there is an eviction moratorium right now. So maybe there would be if there wasn't, but we've never had an eviction. We've always been able to work things out. We've almost never had withholdings from a security deposit. We actually do a walk through before they vacate and we say, okay, here's all the things that would potentially result in a, you know, a deduction from your security deposit. Would you like to take care of that? Or would you like to have us take care of that? We can get our maintenance person out here now, but it needs to be done before you move out. And we call it a zero vacancy turnover. So we're then touring the property before they even vacate, which most landlords think is crazy. And um, mm. we actually have the current tenants try to be present so they can rave about us to the incoming tenant. Sometimes they even do the showings. And uh, okay. like, like it's not a hard sale when the incoming tenant is like, man, this, this, this tenant seems a little bit crazy in love with these people. How much are they paying them? They go to, to another property. It's another tenant, same story. They're in love with us. Like, oh, you've got to rent from these people. You'll be ruined for life. They're the best landlord. They sent me a card on Veterans Day. I don't even know how they found out I was a veteran. But that card, it was the only Veterans Day card I got from anyone. I got it from my landlord. Are you kidding me? Like, this stuff is not rocket science. It's not complicated. You just do it and you care about people. And so we have like less than 1%, you know, historical turnover vacancy, almost no turnover maintenance costs. Like, uh, so we just give away this whole business model. And our hope is that if we get this thing, this message spread wide enough and far enough, it would change what it means to be a landlord or a tenant. We go from a police culture where you have to have fair housing laws and, uh, you know, uh, rent control and all these, you know, restrictions to police slumlords to uh, like... Like there's no such laws for Amazon because in general, well, I mean, you have, there's reasons why you might think Amazon's evil, but they succeed because they are fanatically dedicated to their customer experience. Like that's all they're like, no one can deny that fact. And so there's no regulations about, about that sort of thing. And most landlords suck. They're really awful. And so there's laws to protect tenants from landlords. And if we could just make the trade better, if we could just make the industry better, it would be better for everyone. And you know what? The tenants really love it. 
And the landlords really love it too. It's a lot more profitable when you have people who are really excited to, to be in your properties. We get calls sometimes, like uh, I got a call the other day, it's that dreaded uh, sewer main call. Mm. And, uh, and I'm like, it's, you know, middle of the night, I think it was like, uh, you know, two in the morning, it, it escalated up to me because this was like a pretty serious issue. And I was like a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, kind of in like a, like a sleep stupor. And they're like, okay, so a licensed plumber needs to get out, cut some pipes. I'm like, whoa, 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 what, what's going on here? And like, uh, we need to get a plumber out there or something or oh, no, 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 they, they have a plumber, but they need our authorization to, uh, to have them, you know, go cutting into pipes and jackhammering and stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, I bet this is their, their brother, Bill. And that's, you know, they've right. done something to the house that they're embarrassed about. They don't want us in there. And, uh, and they're like, no, no, it's like a licensed plumber. And it's their, like their uncle who was staying the night and he had his truck and his tools there and everything. I'm like, okay, well, sure. How much is this like a $5,000 repair? But no, no, it's, it's free. Like, you know, it's only going to take him a couple hours and he's already there. He's already got his stuff there. And, you know, they just, they just love you guys so much that, that they just want to do their part to help out. And they're happy to do what would have been, you know, a, a hefty four figure, like the worst thing that can kind of happen to a house uh, for free, because we have put so much value into that relationship that people are excited to bring value back to us anytime they get an excuse to do so. And this is not an isolated, this is like an extreme case, but this is not an isolated case. We've got a property. It's been repainted three times. We've never once painted it. Just the people love living there and at turnover, they're like, Oh, we'd like a, we'd like a shade of blue in here. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Make the home your own. Never leave. It's Please. a people business for you, right? It's not just right. uh, asset. Uh, here's the fundamentals of it. Here's the numbers. I mean, of course that's important, but you look at it as truly service, a service-based right. business, which is really cool. You, uh, you highlighted something a, a little earlier, uh, and it's funny, it, it kind of stuck in my head about when you were, when you were leaving your, your um, you're talking about with your, with your, how did you say it? At your work, you realize that you were a disruptor and the less you work, the more, the more, uh, perform the better performance you had. That's and right. I had that experience in my last year and I didn't, I didn't think of it in those terms, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm that I, I create a mess sometimes, right? When I get, yeah. I'm getting into things and all of that stuff. And it's funny you say that, like the, the, the last year before I ended up leaving, I remember thinking like, I'm walking out with the best year I've had. And man, I haven't put all that much time in this year. Yep. Uh, I, I did leave it on my team. That's really, really interesting. I like that pro tip for, uh, for those in W2. Again, had no idea that that's what the case was, but I got out of the way to your point. And it, people, uh, people think that they, they feel guilty if they aren't working 40 hours, if they're not working 60 hours, let's say you have a W2 employer. Mm -hmm. And you figure out a way to, and you have to have integrity here, right? This is not how to figure out how to create the least amount of value for your employer. No. This is how to create the most amount of value for your employer. Yeah, yeah. And if you found out that you had a member of your team who had created a whole new line of business, had hired people to execute that line of business, and now is working their mythical four-hour work week to, to run that line of business as a mostly standalone going concern, would you be upset about that? Yeah, like no. it sounds like it sounds like we now have this whole thing that we didn't have before, and it doesn't require any human input. And now this person can go on to do other things, you know. Yeah. So it's all about how you how you think about it, how you feel about it. You, you can be an entrepreneur within a W two hierarchy, and some of the yeah. most successful people are. That's how you get to be a Fortune five hundred exec. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just not. It doesn't fit my personality. I'm I'm a little too. Uh, I don't I don't know what I I like to I like to just to have my own my own gig. Yeah, yeah, a little too defiant, maybe. Uh, that's my. Uh, I was trying to think of a good euphemism for that. I, I probably have some sort of clinical disorder or something like that. But yeah, I just uh, I am averse to management uh, for in, sure. In the house, you have somebody that can uh, that can diagnose that for you. So you know, maybe. maybe uh, you know, I think she one. actually did get a clinical diagnosis at one point for oppositional defiance disorder, oh, and uh, somehow we uh, somehow we just light each other on fire instead of uh, murdering each other. I love that. We're going to touch on my, that. My wife is actually the person that I uh, love to serve, and she's probably probably one of the few people in my entire life that I that I am willing to uh, to submit to to uh, to. I I, uh, I say that uh, I'm the CEO of the company, and my wife is the board of directors, and yeah, okay. uh, uh, make sure that I'm not making anything. Uh, not, not I. If it wasn't for my wife, I probably would have bought every deal. Even the the ones that you know would have run us bankrupt. So, uh, very, she's also our chief risk officer. 
So yeah. it's a very good, very good dynamic to have, uh, to have present in your life. lady to have around. All right. Mm-hmm. No, man, this is great. I love the background. I love the, uh, the intel. I appreciate all of that. We're going to dive into the, the one sheet, the baseball card of your life here in a second. But I yeah. do have one quick quick aside I wrote down here. Uh, when you were dating the, the, the quick dates, I forget yeah. exactly, capture and release, catch, catch and release. Ca- catch and release. That's right. Fishing. Fisher. We're not, we're not taking the fish home. We're, we're just, uh, we're just, we're just taking it. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Was that Tinder swiping left, right? Like how, what, what online? I'm too old for that, man. So, uh, <laughs> back in the day there was, uh, eHarmony, eHarmony. and, uh, match.com and plenty of fish. I don't know what's out there these days. I've never been a, a Tinder person. I did yeah. find that, uh, the more, the harder it was and the more expensive it was to get on the platform, the better quality of mate I would find. So that's nice. a, that's a pro tip that I have for you. If I was to, if my wife were to pass away and I needed to find a new date today, uh, I would, uh, figure out what did I have to, what was the hardest platform for me to get onto? I'd probably go find like a uh, boutique matchmaker in New York or LA or something. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I end up with a LA fake person or something. Well, gosh, that's a really offensive thing for me to say on a podcast. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wholesome mid- Midwesterner over here. So uh, don't, don't take any pejorative from that. That's but, right. uh, the coast take plenty of shots at the Midwest. So you're allowed, sure you're, uh, you're yeah. allowed your jab here and there. Nobody yeah, get onto the hardest platform. You can. It's just like abundance, you know, yeah. like just, just get the, find the hardest room to get into and you're going to find quality from there. Great point. Great point. All right, well, let's dive in. We're going to go pillar by pillar. We'll kind of lightning round this and we'll start with the horizontal income pillar. What is your current yearly horizontal income and how many lines of income is that? Uh, so it's about half a million and we'll say like a little under a hundred. So um, those are those are real estate units, um, some single family, some multifamily, uh, all real estate. Okay. And what percentage does that make you? A little under 10%. So uh, my net worth is probably about 7 million, you know, it's a little bit fuzzy with real estate and everything somewhere in that territory and about half a million a year in, in horizontal income. We're in a high growth period right now. So I would say our, that ratio is maybe lower than it might be at some point in the future. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, a little under 10% right now. So, so you're talking about horizontal and net worth ratio is that 10%, right? Yes. Yes. What yep. about your percentage of horizontal that co- to cover your expenses? What percentage of your expenses are covered by horizontal? Oh, I see a hundred percent, almost exactly a hundred percent. We, we kind of, accidentally and deliberately tend to dial those in. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. I like that. That's awesome. And from a net worth perspective, what's the breakdown? How much of that is real estate versus businesses versus crypto versus whatever? Do you have any? Pretty much hundred percent real estate. Uh, I used to have, you know, some stocks I had, a. I'm a, I'm, I'm a crypto fan. So I, I heated my house through a Minnesota winter with nothing but mining rigs. I had I don't know, hundred thousand cores or something like that across a dozen rigs or something. Uh, so that's that's a lot of that's a lot of hashing power or whatever yeah. uh, to get through Minnesota winter without turning your furnace on. Uh, but I don't hold any crypto right this second. Love it. We had just had a couple of crypto ballers join the tribe. One you met in Atlanta, maybe Tyler. So uh, yeah, crypto is becoming it's it's infiltrating. Mm-hmm. It's coming yeah. in harder and harder. Dan, I, I believe a lot in crypto and, and blockchain specifically. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like a technology uh, of significance on par with the invention of the internet. As a, as a technologist, that's my technological assessment of it. But I think it's very hard to know what the winner is going to be, who, like which, which currency is going to be the winner, when or how it's going to get here. So while I really love it, I, it's a little too risky for me to invest in. I, uh, I left technology and got into real estate to go f- from the most disruption prone, you know, kind of industry to the least disruption prone industry, uh, kind of a, a Warren Buffett approach there. So crypto is not a great fit for me right now. No, I get it. There was a guy I saw, I went to the Bitcoin conference in Miami and on stage, he said something like there have been two inventions in the, in the history of the world. There was, there, there was fire and Bitcoin. People say electricity, electricity was made so that Bitcoin could be made. That's all. So there's, there's some loyalists to Bitcoin out there for sure. So when you That's, said the internet, it doesn't now, it was only made for Bitcoin according to this particular. No, time. I think the internet's the most significant invention than Bitcoin, than the printing press. So uh, tools to disseminate knowledge. And if you look at a graph of like how quickly knowledge is disseminated and accumulated in human history, there's these like hockey stick moments with the, the, the printing press, the internet, and then eventually we'll figure out a way to have all banking, all accounting, all finance, all lands, title, all birth records, everything in, in blockchain. So the idea of having a trustless authority, that's a, um, that's something that really changes the whole human experience. You know, you can create something that lives on forever without a central authority to wrap around it. Like, I don't know what that means, but it's going to change everything eventually. Crazy, right? No, I agree yeah. with you. It is the blockchain behind it is definitely yeah. uh, insane. It's uh, it's the future. 
All right, let's jump over to age-defying health. What is your current weight and body fat percentage? Yeah, this is definitely the thing that I struggle with the most. Uh, so uh, 230 pounds, about 30% body fat. I was at 250 when I joined GoBundance nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And so I've had some some headway there. I've had a lot of successes. Probably my low, the lowest my weight has been in you know close to 10 years or something Correct. like that. That's amazing. I've, I've had a stall out with that recently. And uh, that's frustrating. But uh, so I just, just got back to the gym. Gyms are reopening now with coronavirus and everything yeah. hired a personal trainer so i'm going to be you know in the gym here three days a week starting uh on friday here uh so tomorrow and i'm really looking forward to what that does for me here i think that'll be the the next the next thing that's definitely the thing i struggle with the most i love it man no i i, I you've lost almost 10 percent of your body weight you're going to plateau and it's great that you're taking that next <laughs> step the the trainer so uh what about uh, uh diet what is diet looking like right now so I've had a tremendous amount of success with intermittent fasting. Uh, I've tried a bunch of different, you know, kind of routines and stuff. And I've never been, you know, when I was younger, I worked with like a trainer and was in the gym a lot. And that actually worked really well for me because I could just kind of eat garbage all the time and still like be in pretty good shape. And that worked well for me. I don't, I'm older now. I don't know if that's going to work for me anymore. But fasting works really well for me uh, just mentally. Daily or do you do it a few times a week? How often do you fast? Uh, as much as I can. Uh, so just as like a baseline, like I don't eat versus eating, you know, Mm -hmm. and then if I have like a reason to eat, like take my wife out to lunch or something, then I'll eat. But, uh, I went from a default of like, okay, every day at lunch, I go out and get lunch and eat, you know, something unhealthy and, you know, bring it back to the office. It takes like 45 minutes out of my day. Right. And I was like paying staff to go get me lunch and it's just totally crazy. And then, uh, you know, kind of got into that intermittent fasting culture. And I'm like, well, you don't have to eat. That's, that's optional. Like I add, like an extra 10 hours to my week or something like that, just with fasting. And if I can fast for, uh, you know, like 24 hours, uh, 36 hours, you know, two, two times a week, something like that, that seems to work really well for me. And when I was losing a lot of weight, I'd get into the groove where I'd get, you know, like a, you know, 72 hour fast or something like that. And that would be, that would you like, you get into a mental state. That's a complete, it's crazy. You're, it's like you're on drugs or something like that. Yeah. Low kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you can't sleep. You have so much energy and I really love that feeling. So it's just hard to not eat for several days. Yeah, no, no. Right. Exactly. I'm sure there's some, some obstacles to overcome with that, but that's great to hear, man. Congratulations on the 20 pounds. And I'm sure you're, uh, you're just about to break through to go to that next 20 or whatever you're trying to lose. Um, we talked about your wife. Uh, how about kids? Yeah, we've got a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, and hopefully we have some more. Uh, I'd love to have you know a whole bunch of kids uh, fixing that uh, that idiocracy problem. Are, are you familiar with that movie? No. Oh, you got to check that out. So uh, we'll the show notes. No. It's uh, great. It's from the the guy who made uh, Office Space, and just he projects this theoretical future where you know today people who make poor decisions tend to outreproduce people who make good decisions, right? And so he projects a future that is dumber than today. And uh, so kind of the the thesis there is uh, uh, people who make good decisions need to try really hard to have as many kids as they can. I love that. I, I, there's a, I, my favorite comedian in the world is Bill Burr, and he does a bit about like a uh, grandmother showing a picture on the wall, and he's like, she's so proud, and he's seeing it as an environmental disaster. He's like, I don't recognize any of those people. That's right. <laughs> None of them have contributed to society. So I'll have to check out Idiocracy. I like that. That's awesome. Your life happiness index, we were talking a little bit before. What would you peg that at, and, and what area are you struggling most in? Uh, an eight out of 10, I would say, and, and, and health is certainly the, the biggest one. I feel like I'm uh, the happiest I've been in my entire life uh, today. I mean, I feel just overwhelmed with gratitude that I get to uh, to experience the life I get to experience. I don't know what I did to deserve it. I don't. I don't. I don't I mean, I don't think I did anything to uh, to to deserve it. Uh, I think it's just what what has happened. And gosh, I'm just so uh, I'm so I'm so grateful for it. You know, we have kind of you know material things or whatever. So that's always fun. Um, but then like joining GoBundance and getting to do, you know, I just saw you in Atlanta last week, getting to do yeah. trips like that, getting to meet other really interesting people who are doing interesting things with their lives. I don't know. I, I can't believe this is my life and I get to lead it. So I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. Absolutely. Well, you turned the worst day of your life into the best day. I think that has something to do with it. And you, uh, you, you deserve full credit for, for having the mindset for that. Some people would have plummeted into victimhood. So good for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It is a choice. Absolutely. I wrote that down right at the jump. We write our own story. So, uh, all right, let's go to genuine contribution. What is your give back ratio or just total, total, uh, contribution per year, whatever you'd prefer to say? Uh, 2%. 
Two percent. Okay, gotcha. What is that? Is that time money equivalent, or or is it? Yeah, there's some time in there, some money, uh, mostly money. It's definitely not our. It's not where we want it to be. Uh, we are creating a foundation, so we have working with an attorney to to create a foundation, and we've got some pretty pretty big plans. So we really want to give away six figures this year, and we're I think we're on track for that. And we want to. There's just so many opportunities to serve in our niche in housing. So like I can almost see it from my office here. The uh, uh, the Jeremiah program they uh, they provide free housing to uh, single moms who uh, meet certain kind of covenants. Essentially, yeah. you have to have a job and be going to school, and you have to go to these mandatory classes that they teach on you know personal finance, and it's kind of like a lightweight you know personal development curriculum. And I feel like there should be a franchise of this thing in every city in the country. So I would love to uh, I would love to do that. Uh, I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but we. We, uh, we certainly have very big plans for, for giving and, uh, yeah. I love it. Put it on the vision board, right? Let's mm -hmm. go into, uh, extreme accountability. So who is in your GoPod? How often are you meeting right now? Yeah. So right now I just meet with, uh, David Fabry mm -hmm. and, uh, he's a awesome GoGro who's doing, uh, campgrounds, uh, like campground deals and syndications hey, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. KOA. Yeah. He owns KOAs and, uh, really, really awesome guy. So, uh, so we meet once a week and keep each other accountable and talk about talk about deals probably more than anything. I was going to ask. Uh, so that's that's the discussion. Is it mostly deals that you kind of go through as you meet? Um, you know, he does like he does intermittent fasting as well, just by coincidence. And you know, a lot of people are doing it right now. So we talk about our health, and we both you know struggle with our health a little bit. I would say probably more than most things. Talk about our our relationship with our with our partner. Uh, he's got several children who are a little bit older than mine, and so I get some some parenting advice from time to yeah, time. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, just connect and keep each other accountable and uh, support each other. And it's it's one of my favorite calls of the week. So yeah. Mine too. My, my, my pod is one of my favorite calls as well. On, yeah. the, uh, on the bucket list adventure, what's coming up? What's the next big adventure for you, if any? You know, my, uh, my wife and my assistant keep my calendar, so I'd have to check, but uh, doing, uh, doing a bunch of go and stuff. So planning to do the, uh, the Ecuador trip, the, uh, uh, the West Point trip, the, you know, I'll be at, the, uh, at Steamboat Springs. Uh, so those will, you know, those will be fun. Taking the wife to Italy? Hmm? Take We're going to Hawaii. Uh, I think travel in Europe right now is kind of challenging. And, and no, I meant for I don't know if you saw next year. I think April of next year there's a trip. Oh no, I haven't. Italy, so haven't, haven't, cool. haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to take my wife. Uh, going to Hawaii for two weeks or ten days or something like that in October. Nice. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be a ton of fun. We haven't been there since uh, since our honeymoon. <laughs> Went to uh, and then we just like taking little trips. So two weekends ago before the the Atlanta trip. Uh, for champions, uh, we went to uh, New Ulm, Minnesota, which is the uh, the city in the country that has the highest percentage German population. And it's like oh. this little German city just in the middle of the Midwestern United States. It's the coolest little place that no one ever goes to. And so we love taking, I don't know, little trips like that. That's, that's a ton that's of fun. That's cool. There's one like that here, Frankenmuth, Michigan. It sounds mm -hmm. similar, kind of Bavarian. So uh, that's yep. pretty neat, though. I like that sort of stuff. I get into it. So that's yep. really neat. Good you don't feel like you're in the United States there, that's for sure. Right, right, exactly. All right, well, we are going to wrap it up with a random question from the GoBundance card app. I'm sorry, <laughs> GoBundance card game in the app. And let's see, we've got the two of hearts here. So... Uh, <laughs> How long have you gone without cutting your hair, head or face? One of the lighter like a, ones we've had so far. Yeah, that seems like kind of a light question. So this is actually kind of funny. I couldn't grow a beard very well for most of my life. And then we went to Alaska. We spent a couple weeks in Alaska. Oh, nice. And you just like, they give you a beard when you get off the airplane. Like just everyone has a, like a full on beard there. And I just like spontaneously grew a beard. And I've just had one ever since. Literally. <laughs> so it's a uh, COVID yeah. wasn't like a lot of people in COVID didn't get haircuts. There was the whole COVID haircut issue. That wasn't for you. That wasn't your problem. I think I just let my hair kind of get longer than usual. And then like put on a mask and went to the barber when they, when they opened, I did some buzz cuts for my kids and that was a ton of fun. We did a little, uh, a little like Mohawk for my son. And uh, so that was, uh, that was a ton of fun, but no, I'm not a big facial hair beard, you know, I try and I try and keep it keep it tight. I think that's a that's a good a good look for me. I don't I don't know if I would uh, do We're a different. I love the hairy look, as you can tell. So that's my it's my jam. I'm, I like yeah. to just let it all flow and let it down. Right. So yep, absolutely. 
Nick, this has been great, man. I appreciate you opening Thank up you, and Jamie. being so open here. Why don't, uh, is there any place that people can follow you, learn more about you, connect with you? You mentioned uh, uh, the, the website. Is there anywhere else yeah. that you want to direct people? Uh, yeah, we've got a, a Facebook group, Single Family at Scale, uh, Single Family Investing at Scale, I think, on Facebook. So you can find that on Facebook. And uh, we do single family, multifamily. Uh, but we've, that's just really the niche, I think, that we've, we've carved out is, uh, is just doing a bunch of coaching on, on single family stuff. And uh, you can always go to our website, blackswan.realestate. There's no .com or anything, just blackswan.realestate. And uh, I always love connecting with GoBros. So just go ahead and you know, shoot me an email. We can, we can block time to do a, a call. I do 15-minute you know, calls with GoBros probably almost every single day, I guess, on, on average. So uh, yeah, just uh, nick at blackswanteam.com. That's my email address. And uh, I just love, love meeting other GoBros. So. Love it, Matt. Love it. Well, thanks again. It was great connecting with you today. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in Steamboat. So thanks All right. again. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure, Jamie. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! The Audible Australia, you croaky abundant sky! Well, the Aussies won't have us! September 13th through September 23, we fly into Quito and immediately ship off to the Hot Springs Resort, where you can put one foot in the Northern Hemisphere and one foot in the Southern Hemisphere at the same time. Selfie! Day two, we travel to the Amazon jungle and go straight into it with some epic class four whitewater rafting. That night, we stay at stunning Hamadrati Jungle Lodge. Then, we travel downriver to a remote indigenous village for our give back project. There, we'll be giving to a village of indigenous Ecuadorians who so need our help in rebuilding their community. And of course, we will be bringing hundreds of GoBundance Frisbees to teach the kids the game of Ultimate Frisbee. Later that day, we'll be welcomed into the same community and thankful for our efforts and we stay with the tribe. We say adios to our newfound friends and travel back upriver and onward by road from the jungle back into the mountains. This afternoon, we'll reach Banos, a small town situated in a valley at the base of an active volcano. Then we'll head to nearby San Martin Canyon for a bunch of cool activities like ziplining, walking across a high, high, high suspension bridge, via Ferrata, whatever the hell that is, and a canopy jump into the Rio Pastraza. Sort of like 12 shots of B12 reindeer! Day 5, from Banyos, higher to the Andes towards Cote de Paxi. Now, we're going to break into two groups. Each group is going to do something on this amazing mountain or volcano. You will have your choice. Choice 1, we're going to wake up at midnight and summit that sucker so we are there at the sunrise. Now, the summit is 19,347 feet. No joke. I highly recommend you train hard for this. Be ready for this because 19,347 is no joke. We'll have another group head to Hacienda La Aligra, a family-owned horse farm located in the panoramic volcano valley we're gonna do some horseback riding and then do an epic mountain bike ride you don't have to decide till you get there it's gonna be absolutely epic either way we're all returned to keto it's time for aspiring adventures epic amazing race what a way to see keto ecuador then we fly out of Quito to the Galapagos Islands. There we stay at the famous Finch Bay Eco Hotel. 
for three nights in a row. And this afternoon, we're going to go wander and check out some of the weird and wonderful wildlife. We're going to do some scuba diving, snorkeling in the pristine waters of the Galapagos. Bucket list item check! Then on day 10, we are going deep sea fishing. This will be a day of epic nautical bombastia. Then we fly out of the Galapagos, refreshed, re-energized, and with a soul that is majorly fulfilled. Ecuador is bound to be one of GoBundance's most epic international adventures yet. And I hope to see you there. Go Ecuador! Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance Podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, 5 million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.